Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist, and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. These are the words of Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And as we come to the, our text this week, we are hearing Paul's concluding remarks to the Ephesian church. And we have to remember the thrust of what Paul has been inspiring and asking of the church, which reverberates down through history. He is asking the church to live in such a Christ-like manner that we will maintain church unity, which has been gifted to us by the very Spirit of Christ himself. And through the last couple of chapters, especially starting in chapter 4, Paul has taken a very pragmatic approach on how the church uh, should approach life in the church in terms of putting uh, church unity under the leadership of Christ, which is at the forefront of life in the church. And in these uh, concluding remarks, he is encouraging the church to stay strong and to continue to find our strength in the Lord. And the, the idea here is to clothe ourselves in the strength of the Lord to clothe ourselves with the armor of God. And this goes back um, to chapter 4, verses 22 through 24, when he says, You were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupted and deluded by its lusts, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to clothe yourselves with the new self, created according to the likeness of God in the righteousness and holiness, or in true righteousness and holiness. The new self 
is strengthened in the Lord as the church is clothed in the armor of God. To be sure, it's an interesting picture that's being painted for us. We are presented with an image of an armed soldier ready for battle. But what are we to be armed against? Paul tells us that we are to be armed against the wiles of the devil. Now, this is not a, a full frontal assault, but someone who is cunning deceitful, crafty, often using trickery. The church won't be attacked head on. Uh, it's much more subtle. And Paul is telling us to arm ourselves for such occasions by clothing ourselves with the Lord's armor. To be clothed in his strength, which will help us to stand against such attacks. The point, though, is not to be prepared for physical battle, but for a spiritual battle. This is Paul's emphasis in verse 12, you know, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against these, uh, a spiritual battle against these forces of evil, injustice, and oppression that threaten us with spiritual blindness, to the point that the light of Christ will not be visible to us. You know, when the people of the church are pitted against one another through discord and disunity, it breeds this spiritual darkness that blinds us to the work of Christ within the church and within the community. So this is why Paul really emphasizes church unity um, in this letter. And church unity is when the church has its eyes focused on Christ. And within this uh, unity of the church, the strength of the Lord will grow within its members as the church acts as the body of Christ, working together with God's will and God's purpose in clear focus. But the idea here the idea is to be prepared, as Paul says, that we might be able to withstand on that evil day. Now, it's really unclear what that evil day is referring to. Uh, some think it's the end when God's judgment will come into focus. Um, but this will only be a bad day for the unrighteous who are outside of God's salvation. It may be a figure of speech to be prepared for that day, which is surely coming when the church will be attacked. So preparation is key. It might be compared to a training where we learn how to use the gifts that God has given to us so that we can be prepared so that we do not run a day, run away on that day, but rather stand firm in the strength of the Lord. And as we move into verse 14, Paul focuses on the individual pieces of armor, starting with the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness, which seems to be a reference to Isaiah 11, verse 5. We have seen Paul reference these earlier in the letter, especially truth. 
when he says to avoid falsehoods, that we should speak truth to one another, uh, to speak the truth in love. In chapter 1, he calls Christ the source of the word of truth. Uh, without truth, the church will be severely weakened and un unable to be the church. Or as Paul puts it, you know, we will be unable to walk in a manner worthy of the calling that we've received, which is to be the church. In the breastplate of righteousness, which is referenced in Isaiah 59, verse 17, is a reference to uh, the actions of a Christian in terms of acting on behalf of God's justice and mercy in the world. Or, it's also been argued, it could be the righteousness that comes from Christ. Um, I'm prepared to emphasize both, both of them because I'm, well, I'm having trouble seeing the difference since Christ is the source of the Christian life to begin with. To me, it seems like a, a non-argument. The point for me is the church should act in a righteous manner worthy of the calling which we have received to be the church, which Christ is our source and strength. Verse 15 points back to Isaiah 52, 7 concerning the footwear and the readiness to spread the gospel of peace. And we've already heard Paul talk about this peace that has brought Jew and Gentile together that Christ came and preached peace amongst us, that we are to maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bonds of peace. This gospel of peace is not only the message we proclaim, it is the life we live among each other as a witness to Christ's work within us. And the shield of faith? The shield of faith is not just believing in a set of doctrines, but it's having the convictions to act upon those beliefs. In this case, it is the conviction to act upon the gospel of peace given to us by Christ that will extinguish all the flaming arrows of the enemy. And the, uh, the helmet of salvation referenced in Isaiah 59, 17 in 1 Thessalonians, Paul calls this helmet the hope of salvation. It is the protection that God provides for us as we move and act with confidence as his church, secure in the hope that comes from Christ and that comes from the hope of our salvation. And as we move to the sword of the Spirit, we are armed with the only weapon mentioned, the armor described for us is primarily used for defense, and the sword is no different. Um, this is not the long, broad sword of the Roman soldier, but the uh, shorter sword used for uh, close-quarter combat. The sword is described as the Word of God, which is empowered by the Spirit of God. And I know that many in terms, um, well, many will see this in terms of the Bible as God's Word. And certainly that is the measuring stick on how we judge the Christian life. 
But I also like to think of the word as Martin Luther did here when he saw the words of Christ in Scripture as a source of strength that still affect us today. For example, you know, when we um, hear Christ in Scripture say, this is my body given for you, you know, this was not only for those who were in the room at the time, but Luther understood this as Christ talking to all people throughout history and in, even into the future. It is Christ talking to you. When someone is baptized, Luther thought of this not as the pastor or priest who is uttering these words, but through the Spirit. It is Christ saying these words to you. It is the word of Christ for us. So this is another way of looking at the sword of the Spirit, which empowers Christians with hope and confidence that it is Christ who saves us and Christ who fights for us. And Paul ends the passage by asking the church to be alert, to be prepared, and to always be in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.